Podcast. Answer Man, episode number 366. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everyone. This is Michael Hyatt from This Is Your Life and MichaelHyatt.com. You're listening to the man who has trained more people to podcast than anyone else on the planet. My friend Cliff Ravenscraft, he is the podcast answer man. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the podcast answer man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft and this my friends is the podcast devoted to taking your message your business, and your life to the next level. That's right. It doesn't matter if you're brand new to this online content creating world we live in, or if you've been doing this stuff for many years, there's something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level. That's right, my friends, taking things to the next level. And guess what I am doing this week? Yes, for the third week in a row, or is it the fourth? I'm not sure. I am taking my live streaming YouTube recording efforts to the next level. But guess what? I'm not going to spend the entire first portion of this episode talking about, you know, what kind of uh, things that I learned from last week's scenario and situation that that happened in, in the video recording and posting to and publishing to YouTube. Instead, I am going to talk about that later in the show. What else are we going to talk about in this episode? Well, I have a list right here in front of me. The first topic that I'll get to in just a second here is how much money should I charge a sponsor for my podcast? I have a friend of mine who recently emailed me and said, hey, Cliff, I have somebody who wants to sponsor my show, but I have no idea how much to tell them. I'll share my thoughts um, as far as what I shared with him via the written back and forth response, and I may elaborate on some of that a little bit further here in this episode. Also, I am going to give you a little bit of an A to Z, podcasting A to Z promotion, and I know that I, I talk about podcasting A to Z quite a bit. Um, as far as, you know, just letting you know the next one's coming up. But I'm going to go into a little bit of detail of why you might want to consider signing up for Podcasting A to Z if you're on the fence. And also, I have a three-minute testimonial from Anthony Tran. Now, hopefully that doesn't turn you off. If it does, guess what? Hopefully you have the ability and you're pretty good at that little fast-forward 30-second button. And you can hit that six times and pass that testimonial if you want to. But anyway, that's what we're going to talk about in this week's episode. And I just want to just jump right in to the content today. How much money should I charge a sponsor for my podcast? Let's go into my notes here. Uh, A friend of mine recently sent me this message. This is word for word what was written. I Well, except for the fact that I took out the name of the company that and, and the name of the friend because I didn't get the permission. Well, actually, I did tell them I was going to talk about it. But anyway, you get the point. Anyway, here's what it wrote or they wrote. I've been approached by an ad agency about advertising in my podcast. They have a client that's very targeted for my audience. So they're asking me for rate information. I have no idea what to quote them as I've yet to have a sponsor for my show. Any idea what's fair based upon downloads or other metrics? Thanks. So here's what I wrote 
uh, back to this individual. I said, well, first and foremost, this is not an easy answer or an easy question to answer. Uh, There really are no set standards for the industry of podcasting as a whole. Now, there used to be a, a group of people that got together. They created this thing called the ADM, the Association of Downloadable Media, and their desired goal from the beginning was trying to get all the podcasters to get together and agree on industry standards. And I don't know what happened to that organization. I was a member of it. I followed it. I never really participated, participated, but I did follow all the things that were going on. And over the course of, I don't know, maybe a year or so, uh, that association pretty much just disbanded. It fell apart. I don't. I, I don't know all the story there. Don't really care to be honest with you. But the reality is, is that there today is still no set standard for this industry of how much money to charge people. So first of all, uh, there are some folks out there who are hardcore on what we call the CPM model. And CPM stands for cost per Mila or cost per thousand downloads. And I'm not one of the people who are in that camp. I, I'm not a fan of the CPM model. This is actually borrowed from the radio industry and actually other advertising industries as well, or other industries where advertising is is very popular. But this this idea is that you pay per thousand uh, views, pay per thousand listens, pay per thousand downloads. You know, for every thousand people, we'll pay you, let's say, and by the way, the average is somewhere between 20 to $40 on average. Maybe, you know, on the upper end, you can get $50 per thousand. And maybe if you're lucky, you can get 60 or $70 per thousand. Uh, but I haven't heard too many people get beyond that 60 or $70 level. And really, I only know three people uh, who have achieved that status of, you know, $60 or $70 per thousand downloads. And those people all have a half million or more downloads per episode uh, on average for their biggest show. So, yeah, it, it's, if you think about it, you it, the CPM model, this cost per thousand model, uh, only really matters. It, it only comes into play when you have a large audience and when I say a large audience, I'm talking, I don't know, 20,000, 50,000 or more subscribers. Because until then, you really don't see a lot of income coming from that. Now, I don't do math live on a podcast, but sometimes I do pick up my calculator here. And so let's just say we have $20 times 20,000 downloads. So that's one episode gets 20, so uh, what is it, $20 times 20,000 downloads. Um, why did that not pull up? See, this is why I don't do math live. Let, let me figure this out here. Hold on one second. Okay, I got it. <laughs> okay, so $20,000 means, or downloads, is actually 20 of the thousand. So you get 21,000 downloads. So you get 20,000 downloads. So it's 20 uh times $20. Is that right? 20 times $20 is 400. So yeah. So basically if you have 20,000 downloads and you get paid $20 per thousand, you're getting $400 per episode. Now that's actually a pretty decent rate. But again, do you see how you have to get 400 to get $400 per episode? 
you have to have um, you have to have twenty thousand downloads. Now, if you have t- if you have ten thousand downloads, then you're going to make obviously half that. You're going to make two hundred dollars per episode. Now, many of you who are listening to my voice, in fact, ninety nine percent of you. You don't have 10,000 downloads. You don't have 20,000 downloads. You don't have 50,000 downloads. You don't have 200,000 downloads. Instead, you are probably, and a majority of you have less than 1,000. Some of you uh, have, you know, two to 4,000. And some of you might have, you know, 5,000 downloads per episode. And can I just say something to you? There, you can be an extremely successful podcaster and a narrow niche market where you are high, you know, hardcore focused on a particular niche. And if you have 1,000 subscribers who listen to every single week of your show, you can make a living from that. I'm not kidding you. You can make a living, for living from 1,000 hardcore, never miss an episode subscribers to your podcast. And I've seen it done by many people. Now, that doesn't, and by the way, I don't think that you're going to make a living from advertising only on your podcast. That is not going to be the only way that you make money with your 1,000 subscribers. There are going to be other ways to monetize that are better than this um, or that will be more profitable anyway. So here's the deal. What if you had a podcast that was a targeted niche and you only had a thousand subscribers. Well, I'm going to give. I'm going to tell you that I have a family-based podcast that um, had a sponsor for four and a half years, and I'm the one who ended the sponsorship. By the way, I'm the one who answer, ended 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 the sponsorship after four and a half years. And the reason why I ended it is because the sponsorship had become so successful that they thought somebody out there was gaming the system. And they they really did not understand new media marketing whatsoever. And when they were getting about $14,000 worth of sales in their their online store using my promo code that, that I had developed over the years, uh, that I had advertised over the years, um, they thought that... That, that maybe something was happening, that these people shouldn't be using, that this many people shouldn't be using this podcast or this the, the promo code from this podcast. Well, what had happened was through the, the um, relationship that I had originally with the person I set it up with, I said, do you mind if we get this promo code in the hands of every single homeschool organization in the world? Uh, it can, can we get this into the newsletters? Do you mind if we promote this to people that are, you know, that, that will use this, who will, because of this promo code being in the newsletter, they're going to make their purchases for their homeschool materials. They're going to make their purchases for their church organization. They're going to make their uh, purchases for their ministry, for their Bible study. They're going to buy books from you instead of Amazon or instead of all these other sources or directly from the homeschool supplier themselves. They're going to come and use their promo code from your store because they're going to get a 10% discount, which is what you've offered to my audience. And they were very happy for the first four and a half years. And well, some 
leadership changed. Uh, I, I believe they had a different CEO or uh, or at least the second person down in the company. And uh, they switched the they took the marketing efforts away from the person I had a relationship with, moved it over to the marketing department. And the marketing department says, you know what? We want to we want to change your promo code every 30 days. And I'm like, you don't understand. I have hundreds and hundreds of episodes there are the promo codes been, you know, it's taken me this long to get this promo code um, put into the newsletters of all these organizations. And now you want me to try to get that to be changed. And you're telling me that all these people who have been told that you can get 10 percent off all of a sudden every 30 days, the the promo code that they'd been given um, there that promo code's no longer going to work. So it, 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 this doesn't work half, you know, many times, um, over the course of, let's just say six months, over half of the downloads of that podcast may happen four weeks after that podcast or after that promo code has expired. So people listen to the episode and say, here's our current promo code. And boom, you're telling me that if they go online because it was four weeks later, it, it got ridiculous. They came back and, you know, tried to negotiate. And finally, I said, you know what, this is you, you guys. Obviously, this is a whole different relationship, a whole different leadership than than what we had uh, over the last four and a half years. I want to tell you that you guys have been amazing. I I will always have wonderful things to say about you guys, but I th- I think it's time for us to end this relationship. So that's what happened. I and by the way, that podcast had um, less than well, there were times when it hit somewhere around fifteen hundred subscribers, uh, and and there were times when it hit eighteen hundred. You know, and when I'm talking about downloads every single week, but most of the time this podcast for ever since it has existed. And by the way, we just recorded our 306th episode today. Um, but for on average, this podcast has had w- approximately an average of 1,000 subscribers. Now, I'm not going to tell you exactly how much money they were paying me, but I will tell you from the very beginning of that sponsorship, we charge them a flat fee per episode, all right? And what I can tell you is I've never charged less than $200 per episode. So let's just assume the lowest that it could have possibly cost them is $200. So if the lowest it could possibly cost them was $200, that's $200 per thousand downloads. Okay, now do you understand what, if you if you think about this on a CPM model, what I just told you is that for four and a half years, I had a sponsor that was paying me $200 CPM. But no, that is not what I had. What I had was $200 per episode, regardless if any anything was sold whatsoever. Now, obviously, um, and one of the things that I negotiated was that it was a minimum of six months for a contract. And as a result of having a minimum of six months, it gave them time to, it gave me time to warm up my audience to this particular sponsor, to this company. And as a result of that, over the course of six months, it finally started to really take off. Now, the the company that I was sponsoring with, that I had as a sponsor, they were relatively brand new to the online world. Now, they were a very big Christian bookstore and when it come, came to their retail stores, they were among the biggest in the industry, probably the best. 
uh, I would even say. And they were, they were, I think they had five states that you could visit their stores. And when they went online, when they created an online version of their store where you could order from anywhere in the world and, and have the stuff shipped, they, the first thing that they wanted when they came to me for their sponsorship was brand awareness. It wasn't necessarily our, our goals related to the sponsorship weren't tied to dollar figures. They were tied to brand awareness. And well, my friends, I, over the course of a four and a half year period of time, pretty much anybody who was on any newsletter related to anything related to homeschooling was aware that when, you know, it comes time to, to buy your homeschool supplies, promo code GSPN gets you this. And not only that, but they have, you know, there was an announcement every year, I think once or twice a year where they had their homeschool sale. And not only would you get whatever, I think 20% off of their homeschool supplies, you got an additional 10% off with our thing. Now, this wasn't actually costing them money, but um, it, it was certainly driving a ton of sales their way and sales that would not have happened if it weren't for my sponsorship with them. And let me just share with you some sales figure numbers just to give you an idea of 1,000 subscribers to Family from the Heart. And uh, I'm going to just do um, my thing here. And give me one second. I'm going to pause while I pull up the numbers here. Okay, so I've brought up my numbers here. Now, again, remember that they're paying, you know, somewhere around or more, you know, a minimum of $200 per episode because I don't charge anything less than $200 per episode. Now, I'm going to start in, um, I'm going to go back to, let's just say, July of 2010, and I'm going to read to you monthly sales numbers, all right? They're paying me, you know, $200 or more per episode. There are four episodes per month. So basically, just let's just say a minimum of $800 per month for their sponsorship. July of 2010, I have 1,000 subscribers, 167 orders, or $8,101.02 in sales. Uh, August 2010, 188 orders, $6,163.62. And then it was uh, September 2010, there were only 99 orders, but it was still $3,603 in sales. Now, let me go October 2010, uh, 3,638, there were 102 102 orders. November, now of course we're starting to get into Christmas time, right? So November, 205 orders, $7,289 in sales. And of course, Christmas time comes around. Stephanie and I are really pushing the Christmas stuff. December 2010, 394 orders using our promo code with $4,292.77 in sales. Now, the averages continued to grow, continued to grow, continued to grow. I'm going to take you to November 2011. Uh, There were 321 orders for $11,323 in sales. And in December 2011, 496 orders with $18,465 in sales. And what I will do is the last four months that I had my sponsorship with this company, all right, it was April 2012, May 2012, June 2012, July 2012. These are the last four months that I that I had them. And by the way, this is when I finally broke through and got into even the biggest of the big uh, homeschool newsletters with our promo code. So April 2012, 239 orders. 
$14,203.68 in sales. May 2012, 336 orders. And the sales that month were $22,156.90. June 2012, 200 orders, $12,245.55 in sales. And then the final month I had them as a sponsor was July 2012, 719 orders for $40,302.64. And because we had gone to $40,000 in sales and the marketing team didn't get it, they said, oh, there's something wrong here. Yeah, (laughs) I've been working my butt off trying to get this thing happening for you guys. So basically what I'm telling you, and by the way, the entire time I never once raised my rate. So the amount that they paid me per episode from the beginning all the way through to the end was always the same. I never once raised my rates, but let me tell you, I could have. And by the way, um, uh, I I can tell you this. There actually, there I do know now that I think about it. The company did not have a new CEO, but they did have some new uh, management over the marketing end of things. I can tell you this: that there, this company did have a change in CEO since then. Okay, so there is a new CEO of this. And the CEO contacted me one day and says, hi, uh, my name is so-and-so. I'm the new CEO of this company. And by the way, I've heard a lot of things about you. We're thinking about doing a podcast for our for our company. And we've been told that, you know, we had some sort of relationship with you and you're the go-to guy to, to talk to about setting a podcast. We want to, you know, we've got a connection with all the uh, top authors and all the top uh, Christian artists. And we, we think it'd be great to do a podcast. And I said, I think that'd be great too. I'd be happy to help you. And, uh, and I said, just, it, it sounds to me like you're aware that there was some relationship, but I wonder if you actually know what the relationship was. And I explained to him, you know, that we had this and, and, uh, and, and he did some research and he actually asked me, Cliff, can we become your sponsor again? Why did this end? And I explained to him why it ended. And I said, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm not looking for a sponsor at this time. So, you know, that that's how things is, have went. But um, anyway, so I why do I share all that with you? Because I'm telling you that I can have a podcast that is about my wife, that is nothing more than my wife and I getting behind a microphone and talking about our life in a very transparent and authentic way. And we can have only 1,000 subscribers, and that's a stupid phrase to say. We can have an amazing 1,000 listenership to that podcast. And if with 1,000 subscribers, not more than that, which by the way, 1,000 is a small army, okay? I'm not kidding you. Have you ever been at a conference with 1,000 people in one room? That's huge. It's massive. You can change the world with 1,000 people who follow you. And I do mean that. And so um, so we had 1,000 subscribers, not, not 10,000, not 5,000, not 20,000, not 50,000. But we had 1,000 subscribers and we were able to get to the place where on average we were generating between 14,000 and we got up into the four, you know, the, you know, up to $40,000 in sales 
for this company that was our sponsor. And it consistently was going up and up and up as we continued to get the word out about how much we loved that company. And, and so there's a lot of value. And by the way, is that, a ter- is that a narrowly niche market that Family from the Heart was doing? No, it wasn't. It was, it, it, you know, not everybody, of not all of those 1,000 people were Christian. Uh, therefore, not all 1,000 of those people were interested in buying their Christian books and movies and DVDs and, and, and uh, music and stuff like that from my sponsor. However, I do know that over 65% of them were Christian, and I knew that of those 65%, a lot of them had leadership positions of some nature within Christian organizations. I just happened to know that, and that's what made it that desirable to have a, a spot, you know, for them to be able to get their message out. First, it was for brand recognition or name recognition, and then later it became, you know, a little bit more focused on delivering sales and and we did we achieved both very successfully and and I will tell you it, it huge success for me I will share with you another example all right and and again I, I'm not going to share exact dollar figures with you but again I can tell you that I've never t- accepted a sponsorship for less than two hundred dollars per episode so um, I decided I wanted to create a podcast for virtual assistants this is back in 2010, and I had hired my first virtual assistant. She had found me as a result of a tweet, and uh, Andrea's, by the way, Andrea's still my assistant today. It's been, gosh, how many, it's been since 2010, March of 2010, I think. Anyway, uh, so my, anyway, I was so enthralled with, you know, just learning how to become more effective, de- delegating work to a virtual assistant. What's it like? How is it to actually, you know, what kind of things do you delegate to them? And I was thinking, do I share that in Podcast Answer Man or do I create a podcast specifically for that topic? And so I decided I wanted to create a podcast specifically for that topic. And I went, and by the way, my assistant at the time was working for a company called Contemporary VA. And I went to them and I I asked Andrea, my assistant, uh, I said, Andrea, I'd like you to set me up and uh, a a call. I would like to have a call uh, with your, uh, with the CEO of your company to talk to them about an advertising opportunity. Now, Here's the thing. I want to tell you this. First and foremost, I had already, I already at this time, even by 2010, I was well established with my online reputation for having an audience of people who are very much into, you know, uh, building online businesses and and entrepreneurs and and stuff like this. Podcast Answer Man had already had I don't know by how many episodes by that time, but certainly more than a hundred. I would sh- I'm sure. And I had also had Business Tech Weekly and a lot of other podcasts that were very popular. And, and so I had already established my, play, my place as an authority in the area of business, online, entrepreneurial pursuits. And, and I was able to communicate that clearly to my potential sponsor, which, by the way, I do want to let you guys know I consider myself to be an expert in the area of sales and marketing. I really do. I feel like I'm very gifted naturally in the area of selling things. 
All right. So one of the things that I can tell you in all of this story about how much do you charge a sponsor, um, a lot of it comes down to how well can you sell your value. And it comes a lot down to your uh, confidence level. What is your confidence level in the amount of value that you have? And a lot of you are actually struggling with how much how valuable you are to a potential sponsor. And for those of you who are, are really struggling with that, I encourage you to read the book Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk. It's a quick read. Even for me, it was a quick, quick read. And uh, it will help you understand the value that you have to a, an advertiser or a sponsor when you, you spend all of your time developing a relationship uh, with a community of people around a narrowly niche target industry or a field of interest. So anyway, I, I, Andrea says, listen, Cliff, I don't know that, you know, she'll be interested in talking with you. She's very hard person to sell. I just want to give you a warning. I said, Andrea, the only thing I'm asking you to do is set me up the appointment. Let them know that I'd like to talk to them. And she says, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can do. And she did, she was able to get it. And, um, and, and so I, I got on the phone. Uh, I got on via, actually, yeah, it was the phone. No, actually I did. I got on via the phone and I had everything queued up, ready to go. One of the things that I did is I went to podcast answer, man, this podcast. And I said, Hey guys, you guys have heard, I've actually hired a virtual assistant. A lot of you are very interested in learning on how that's going and what kind of work am I delegating to my virtual assistant and what kind of software tools am I using to manage things? How am I accounting for time? And you've got all kinds of questions and I've got all kinds of answers because I'm going through this process right now. I want to create a new podcast. I'm thinking about creating a new podcast, but I'm only going to do it if I can confirm that there's enough out of enough of you out in this audience who are interested in this topic because if not then I'm wasting my time but my assumption is that you guys are going to be interested in this and here's how you can tell me that you're interested here's how you can leave a voice message for this new podcast if I get at least 10 voicemails with 10 different questions related to what it, you know, related to having a virtual assistant, then I will create this podcast. Well, can you guess what happened? Because of my established relationship already with Podcast Answer Man and knowing that my audience is very much entrepreneurs and they're very intrigued by this concept of having a virtual assistant, I got lots of voicemails. So I got on with the CEO of the company and I said, listen, I have not yet started this podcast, but let me explain to you the podcast that I have done. And let me tell you about my audience and let me tell you about uh, my ability to communicate the value and the things that are working well for me and how my audience responds and, and the amount of influence that my thoughts carry in particular areas. And, and just to give you an idea, two weeks ago, I announced that I might create a podcast related to virtual assistants. And I told folks I would only do it if I could actually answer their questions. And I wanted to see if they had any. Now, what I'd like to do is I'd like to play for you a couple of questions that have come in. Now, these questions were anywhere between 30 seconds to 90 seconds in length. And I said, I ask you to bear with me. I am going to play five of these for you back to back without any commentary from me. And, and I have everything, of course, set up on my phone or on my computer that go through my telephone interface at the time. And she heard all of these voicemails of the five that I played back to back. And they were five absolutely crit mission critical questions that you needed to know 
that if you, man, if you really could get the answer to these questions, you certainly would hire a virtual assistant. And of course, um, after those, after I played those questions for her, I said, now let me tell you something. Uh, in two weeks, I'm going to launch the podcast called Virtual Assistant Podcast. I do not have the website yet, although I own the domain. I do not have the RSS feed set up. I don't have a single subscriber to this podcast yet. But when I do, I would imagine that I'll immediately have about four or 500 people who will subscribe to this podcast. And over the course of the next, you know, however many years, there literally will be thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people who will ultimately listen to this. It may not be within the next six months, but it will be within the next, you know, couple years, thousands upon thousands. And they will always hear this. And I said, here's the deal. I'm going to answer these questions. And I have two options. Option number one is that I tell my audience in every episode that the the answers to the questions that they're getting is because of the benefit is strictly due to the benefit of having the sponsor that we do, your company, Contemporary VA, and that I personally have an assistant through Contemporary VA, and how thrilled I am with how things are going. That's option number one. Option number two is that I answer their questions, I do the podcast every week, and I give one episode away for free, and I charge them uh, as a member, a part of my Plus membership for access to the other three episodes every month, which by the way, I don't do that anymore, but if you know my history, I used to have this thing called Plus Membership, which was a premium subscription model, which you know ultimately was generating $28,000 uh, back in, I think it was 2010, I made $28,000 from plus membership. But anyway, um, I shut all that down. But back at the time, this was the option. I said, so tell me which of these two options. And so she had a bunch of questions, but I certainly had her, had piqued her interest. She was not ready to commit to six months, which is my minimum. And I said, I, I'll tell you what, I'm confident. I'm so confident in this that you'll be begging me to renew. I'll, I'll tell you what, if you agree to three months, I'll, I'll do it at this rate and I'm only going to charge this much per ex, uh, per episode. Now again, I won't tell you the exact dollar amount, but I never charge less than $200. And I will tell you so let's just assume that it's 200. The lowest that I it could possibly be. I want to tell you that I successfully negotiated a $200 or more per episode sponsorship for a podcast that did not yet exist. And I will tell you that during the six, or actually, they, I did it for three months, and at the end of three months, they certainly renewed. At the end of three more months, they renewed again. Uh, and at the end of those three months, I had done 38 episodes. And a- after nine months of doing 38 weeks back-to-back of answering people's questions on virtual assistant, I kind of lost my passion for it. Not that I s- lost my passion for having a virtual assistant, but I kind of lost my passion for answering questions. It kind of got you know to the place where I'm like, eh, I'm done talking about this. Everything that I have to say about virtual assistants, it has been said. It's at virtualassistantpodcast.com. And by the way, guys, go check it out. Now, can I tell you that both with Family from the Heart and with Virtual Assistant Podcast, I never shared my download numbers with either sponsor. And by the way, did I tell I, I didn't tell you that when I negotiated the the relationship the relationship that I had when I negotiated the sponsorship for Family from the Heart, 
the only we they started with episode number two. Uh, episode number one was put online and had been sitting there for a while. And I said, we're only going to create this podcast when we feel like there's there's a need to do so. And 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 basically, once again, family from the heart. When I uh, when I arranged for that, uh, you know, sponsorship, that flat fee per episode. There were no subscribers to it. There, there was no content being created on a weekly basis at that time either. What was going on was, you know, my experience in podcasting and and my confidence and the 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 value that I could deliver to my sponsor, and therefore that's what I sold them on. And and they, by the way, were very pleased. Obviously, Mar, uh, well, the other company uh, was there for four and a half years. I ended the relationship. Um, and also with this one, Contemporary VA, um, they came to me at, at, at 38, after 38 episodes, I said, you know, go out, guys, I've done as much as I'm going to do. And they begged me to continue. They said, Cliff, if you need help with content, we'll take over the content. We'll take over the creation of what content. Will you still host the show on a weekly basis? They offered to pay me more money at, per episode. And I said, no, I said, I'm done with this. Then they literally begged me to buy the but to buy the podcast. Can we purchase this podcast from you? Can what is what is the dollar amount that we have to pay you to buy this podcast, the domain virtualassistantpodcast.com, this the RSS feed with that comes along with all the subscribers that you've developed over the, you know, and all the former content that you've created. And I said, it's not for sale. And the reason why is because, number one, I want to maintain the ownership of that archive of the evergreen content. And by the way, today, I'm going to virtualassistantpodcast.com. That podcast uh, has not had a brand new episode since December 30th, 2010. And today, each episode, all 38 episodes of that podcast averages about 100 new downloads Every single month, even today, that is, you know, four years later, almost four years later, and it still downloads over a hundred new downloads. It still gets over a hundred new downloads, or over uh, what is that? Uh, One thousand two hundred downloads per year. So literally thousands of people. And not only that, but I get emails all the time from people who say, "Cliff, I've been listening to your podcast, Answer Man." podcast I'm ready to sign up for your podcasting A to Z course where do you know when when is your next session I, I'm so eagerly anticipating the launch of this next A to Z course I've been listening to your podcast answer man show and by the way I originally found you about six months ago as a result of a search for help on virtual assistants and I, the first thing that introduced me to you was your virtual assistant podcast. I listened to all 38 episodes in about two weeks. And then after that, I had become such a fan of yours. I started looking for the other content. And of course, in the last couple episodes, you had said you were shutting down the show and you encouraged us to check out Podcast Answer Man. And I've been a loyal listener and devoted fan since then. This thing is still driving me business on a consistent basis. And by the way, I just saw on uh, Twitter this week, this week, somebody says, hey, Cliff, I found your virtual assistant podcast and I just want to let you know, I just hired my first assistant through Contemporary VA. 
And and by the way, um, I can tell you that Contemporary VA, when they were the sponsor of my podcast for the uh, 38 weeks that they were, for the 38 episodes that I did, um, at one point they came to me and said, Cliff, can you do us a favor and stop promoting uh, us as a virtual assistant firm that you can hire a virtual assistant uh, for the next couple weeks. But can you do a couple episodes on what it takes to become a VA? Because we're looking to, <laughs> we're overwhelmed with new requests. We've ran out of VAs because you've gener- your podcast has generated that much interest in our business. And all of our contracted VAs are fully booked. And basically what happened was... Um, I started to do like three or four or five episodes on what it takes to be a VA. And as a result of that, guess what? It completely flooded their training program with all these new VAs. Literally people who are listening to my podcast were actually bringing additional income into their homes where it had not existed before because of my podcast. And as a result of that, they asked me to go ahead and start promoting once again. And so not only were my listeners clients of contemporary VA, but they became employees and therefore it, it, it's crazy. It's a whole long story, but I tell you, it was, it was great. So I'm not opposed to having sponsors. And by the way, podcast answer, man, I get probably about five requests, five. Okay. I get more than this, but I get about five serious inquiries per year on podcast answer, man, for a sponsor. And every single time I say no, um, the, the most serious one uh, was, and by the way, I told all of them, I said, I won't do CPM and I won't tell you what my number of downloads are. I can tell you about my influence. I can tell you about, I, I can show you things. I can show you my experience with prior sponsors and I can get, you know, I can get a signed Alpha David or whatever, uh, you know, notarized uh, letter of, of, um, of uh, gosh, recommendation and testimony of that all the facts and figures that I've shared with you are true uh, from those prior sponsors. I can show you all kinds of things, but I will not show, I will not give you download numbers and I will not, in fact, one of the stipulations is that I would require that you show me the actual response. You're going to give me a promo code. You're going to give me a link that you're tracking. You're going to be tracking your sales numbers. You're going to be tracking this and you're going to report that to me on a week, on a monthly basis. And, and that, and, and by the way, I will require that because if I don't have that, I won't know where I'm hitting the mark and where I'm falling short. And so I need you to do the tracking. And, uh, and I think the most serious one that I had was $2,000 per episode. So there are four episodes of Podcast Answer Man per month. And so, you know, I, I have had somebody, I've had five people uh, who have offered me $8,000 per month to sponsor Podcast Answer Man. And I've turned down all of those. Uh, and the reason why is because they are competitors of products and services that I use. I don't use them myself. And there's no real reason other than the money that I would switch to them. And because of that, I just don't feel good about it. It, it, it just didn't work out for me. So so I do have serious people who come to me and offer serious money for sponsoring Podcast Answer Man. But I, I really would only do it with uh, folks who are, you know, c- companies that I use on a consistent basis. And well, anyway, so <laughs> I stopped reading to you my response. But let, now that I, I, I've given you all of that, let me finish reading what I wrote to this person. I said, okay, so basically remember, this person says I've been approached by an ad agency about advertising in my podcast. They have, 
They have a client that's very that's very targeted for my audience. They they're asking me for rate information. I have no idea what to quote them as I as of yet I have yet to have a sponsor for my show. Any idea on what's fair based on downloads or other metrics? Thanks. So now with that, I am going to attempt to read my response to you without any commentary. I'm just going to read to you what I wrote to this person. I said this is not an easy question to answer. There are no real standards. Okay, there are some folks who are hardcore on the CPM or cost per thousand download model. However, I'm not a, I'm not in that camp. I feel it almost needs to come down to a negotiation of what would be a win 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 for all three parties involved. And when I'm talking about those three parties, I am speaking about you, then your audience, and then your advertiser. However, all three must win and profit from this sponsorship. Not just two, not just one, but all three. Okay, so I did give you some commentary. Anyway, this person wrote back. He, he says, okay, that's great to know. Makes perfect sense, and I agree. I have zero idea what other podcasters are charging. Uh, I think what I'll do for now is email them my stats, which are, are download numbers, and then tell them that we can discuss rate details on the phone if they're interested once they see my stats. And this is what I wrote back. Never start with stats. Instead, explain clearly who your audience is and your relationship with them. Explain that these folks are highly targeted niche audience. They're a highly targeted niche audience that are 100% interested in the exact topic for which you podcast about and that they listen to you every single week and that they know, like, and trust you. This is extremely valuable to them. This is not broadcasting. It's narrowcasted. For them, it is extremely targeted marketing and you are someone who has a great deal of influence with their target market. If you start with the numbers, you are doomed. My thoughts on CPM, cost per thousand, it only makes sense if you are in the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, or thousands of thousands. <laughs> you know, basically, if you don't have ten, if you don't have five to 10,000 people uh, downloading your show every single week, which by the way, a majority of you listening to my voice, you don't. I mean, it, it you just don't. It's not a, it's not a big deal. Um, 500, 800, 1,000, 1,500, 2,500 downloads, 5,000 downloads, those are all wonderful audiences and you do have a lot of value if you have that many people who are downloading your show every single week. And how much do you charge them? Wow, that is not something that I can easily answer for you. It is a difficult question to answer, and the reality is is that it has to be, you know, how much is the product that they're selling? How much of it does it have to, how much of that do they have to sell for it to make sense to pay you? Uh, and if the product is like five dollars per, you know, five dollars for their product, um, well, if you even if you got all, let's just say you have a thousand downloaders, if you have all, if you were able to get 100% of the people in your audience uh, to purchase the product, it's probably not going to be the greatest fit for a sponsor. You know, uh, the the more costly the services or the products of the sponsor, the better 
it is going to be for you and to get a win and for your sponsor to get a win. And and of course, the only way these high priced, you know, and by the way, we're talking, you know, a virtual assistant, by the way, is is getting, you know, the, to, for them to to hire somebody, it's, you know, right around 22, 28, 30, maybe $35 per hour and, you know, signing up for a, um, a retainer for 20 to 30 hours per uh, to 20 to 30 hours per month guaranteed. So you're, it's, it's something that you're committing to and you're committing for a one year period of time with a 30 day, you know, ability to, you know, cancel if you want to with written notice. So anyway, it was a, it's a large commitment, but the thing is, is I knew from experience that it was a valuable thing for me. And I knew that those who were serious about it, it would be valuable for them. And so, you know, it was easier for me to negotiate something like a $200 or more uh, per episode sponsorship with somebody like that because, gosh, if they just get X number of people. And also, I was able to convince them and communicate to them that, listen, this sponsorship, you know, it's going to go on for years, even though it once we end our sponsorship, um, you won't have to be paying me anymore. But today, I would say they're probably still getting 50 to a hundred new clients every year. I, and, and I know that to be a fact. 50 to a hundred new clients every single year since I ended my promo with them or my, my relationship with them. So kind of keep that in mind. It's, this is so much more valuable than CPM. All right. And, and so, yeah, just keep that in mind. That's my thinking. Now I told you with a thousand people in your, in your audience, you can make a living if you have a narrow niche target field of interest and you can. Now, are you going to make all your money from your 800 or 1600 or 2400 or 2500, $5,000 a month sponsorship? No. You're not. If you're into business, by the way, you're not. Some of you who are employed full time, you're thinking, boy, I'd love to have an extra $3,000 per month. Uh, well, when you're running a business and overhead and paying your you know, business, paying for your health insurance, you, you start thinking in bigger numbers when it comes to how do you become profitable and still pay yourself uh, a reasonable amount. And then you see you need somewhere between $7,000 and $10,000 a month of, of, of uh, you know, somewhere between $7,000 to $10,000 a month of income minimum to be able to operate a business and pay yourself and and stuff. So with all of that, you think, well, how do I make money? Advertising alone isn't going to cut it unless you have 5,000 at the low end. Gosh, and that's still not going to be enough to pay you that much money. Um, so you, you'd have to hit the 20,000 or the 30,000, the 10, 10, 20 or 30,000 or more downloads or more subscribers to your podcast. And and that's probably not going to happen for most of you. And nor do I think you should be shooting for those numbers. Um, although, my, my gosh, I'd be happy to have, you know, 100,000 subscribers to Podcast Answer Man. But am I? Sh- I'm not shooting for those numbers. I, I'm I'm fine right where I'm at. And have I ever told you in this podcast where I'm at? No. All I can tell you is that I have thousands of subscribers, and I do have thousands of subscribers. But that's all I'm going to tell you. But what I can tell you is that with my podcast last year, my business made over a half million dollars in revenue, and my personal income was two hundred and seventy nine thousand dollars. And you can see that, confirm it at podcastanswerman.com slash income. So what I will tell you is there are other ways to do this. How do you do that? You can actually, if you're in a narrow niche focus, you can have sponsors. I think sponsors are great. 
I don't have them on this podcast because I found more profitable ways to make money than through advertising. Um, those ways include affiliate commissions. For example, let me just go ahead right now and say thank you to homeschoolsupport.net. Thank you to zbfproductions.com. That's two. That Thank you to Rosen. It's actually rosinepr.com. That's three. Kingdom Game Changers with a Z.com. That's four. Launchedlife.com. That's five. Bald's Ordinary Life. That's six. And shhq.tv, that's seven. Seven people who recently used my Bluehost affiliate link to sign up for their hosting account. If you want all of my thoughts on hosting, you can go to GSP or go to podcastanswerman.com slash hosting. Again, that's podcastanswerman.com slash hosting. Now, I will not tell you exactly how much money I'm making per, uh, per, um, per, uh, subscription for to that but i always tell you that i have an extremely generous commission and i think that if you sign up for them directly and you become an, a bluehost affiliate you know that it's i think you get 65 dollars at starting out and uh 65 dollars times seven so that was just you know if, if i made the minimum of what they charge or what they pay i would have made 455 extra dollars uh, over the past week for those seven people who use my affiliate code. Now, what I can tell you is that I make significantly more than $65 per referral, and that's because I have an extended amount of time that I've been with them. I send them lots of referrals on a consistent basis for many years, and I was able to negotiate a much higher commission rate. And so I can tell you right now that I make quite a bit more than $456. And I do mean quite a bit more than $456. So that's a profitable thing for me. Um, and and it takes time to build those things up, but it, it can. Um, you know, there are other affiliate relationships that I have with, um, with Lipson, which by the way, real quickly, let me just give you a little bit of uh, information about Lipson. Uh, because there is a little confusion, I guess, lately. They ju- they did change the way that they do their uploads, and, and everybody's upload account starts at the beginning of every month. So let me just read this to you from Lipson. They said, hey, by the way, one of the questions we still see quite often from those signing up for, uh, for an account is how long they get free with the use of your promo code, which, by the way, my promo code with Lipson is GSPN. Stands for Generally Speaking Production Network. Anyway, uh, if you use promo code GSPN, I've always told people you get the first month free. So anyway, it says here, your promo code GSPN will give new, and by the way, it has to be new Lipson users, the remainder of the current month free and all of the next month free. So by the way, if somebody signed up on July 3rd, they would get the rest of July and all of August for free and they would not be charged until September 1st. Now they are required to give us a valid credit card information when they sign up, but they will not be charged until the first month after. So so basically if, if they signed up until July 3rd, they would not be charged until the 1st of September, per the example above. However, if a user, by the way, this real clear, clear, clear here, However, if a user changes their account level, such as they move up to a higher program or a lower program, they will be charged from that point forward. They cannot change their account level during the free period from what they signed up with. So if they're not sure what to sign up with, tell them to sign up for the highest level and then change change it 
to uh, change it to the lower level just before the end of their full free month. Also note, if a user cancels their account before the end of the first partial month, then their account will end that month. Uh, in the example above, if they canceled any time in the month of July, their account will close down at the end of July. If they if they want to cancel but get the month of August in the example of month, they need to wait until after August 1st to cancel. Please make this clear in your communication with your listeners, please. All right, so there you go. So obviously, and, and by the way, when you sign up for an affiliate, uh, when you sign up for an account with Lipson, I do get a, a commission for that. And... Uh, it's not nearly as as much as as other affiliate relationships that I have, but guess what? It's a it's a service that I use, and it's a service that you guys I recommend that you use yourself. And you know, it it, it it's it's nothing worth sneezing at. I do get a nice check every three to six months, and and uh, I'm very happy to have it. But more than anything, I I before I had an affiliate relationship with Lips, and I sent hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds. Of, of clients to them anyway and and I would even if they didn't give me the the affiliate relationship and pretty cool you get the first month free so anyway there's that let me uh, go ahead and start playing this music so yeah I've got three and a half minutes uh, real quickly let me just share with you my live stream update from uh, last week the oh by the way if you want to hear my my push for my uh, podcasting A to Z course. I am going to still do that. I'll do it right after this music ends. But if you don't want to hear my advertisement for my own podcasting A to Z course, then you can stop. That's fine. Anytime. But anyway, my live stream update last year or last week, uh, I did have an audio sync issue. Um, the For whatever reason, the, the Ustream producer software did record everything just fine. The MOV file... Uh, the audio was synced great. Or actually, it was an MP4 file. I uploaded it to YouTube, and for whatever reason, YouTube, when they processed it, caused a horrible um, lip sync issue. I mean, it was the audio was at least a second off. So um, I went ahead and deleted that. Now, I went and looked at the file again, the MP4 file on my computer, and it was in sync. So I think it had something to do with the the settings for the iMic that I had inside of the Ustream producer, probably the sample rate was mismatched or something. Well, anyway, the recording looked fine on my computer, so I said, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to open it up in ScreenFlow. I opened it up in ScreenFlow, exported it out as an MOV file, knowing that if it looked great in ScreenFlow, it should be fine with YouTube because I use ScreenFlow for exporting all the time with these settings, and it, and it processes fine. So I did that. And so, lo and behold, um, it uploaded to YouTube, fixed the syncing issue, and it was perfectly fine. But it did add a lot of extra time last week. Anyway, I had hoped to play around with it a little bit more this week, and this week I had some more issues setting things up in the live studio. Finally worked it out. I had an issue where my Canon Vixia HFG10, instead of sending the audio, let me turn this down. There we go. Instead of sending the audio inside of the in, into the Griffin iMic, since I didn't have a chance to to play around with the sample rate and test it and see if it would work and upload samples and stuff, I said, you know what? I wonder if you know the settings are just fine by default with the Canon Vixia camera. 
So I'm gonna send the audio directly into that. Well, then I had a ground loop noise and it was really horrible. And um, finally I got in there and it turns out that I had to go in and change a setting. Let me tell you what it was. It was the mic terminal input setting was switched to mic and I had to switch it over to line and then all of a sudden it got rid of that noise problem. Anyway, so today I have perfect lighting in the studio. I have amazing audio on the live stream. Guaranteed there is no lip sync issue on the live stream right now. Things are going extremely well. By the way, she's gonna sing here in just a second, I think. Oh wait, she does that at, uh, when does she does that? She does it at 16 seconds. You know what, I'm gonna go a little bit over. Is that cool with you guys? Here she comes. Helping you to get the thing you do to the next level. Ah, anyway, so just a little extra bonus here. I promise I'm almost done. Anyway, so today I have everything set up perfectly. I'm going to see if now that I'm sending the audio in through the camera, that it exports. I know it's going to export just fine, or it's going to have a great recording on my desktop. Uh, or on my laptop, and then I'm gonna upload it to YouTube today, and hopefully that's gonna be all it takes, and that it, when it processes on YouTube, uh, the sample rate from the audio capture from the camera is already set perfectly, and so therefore my lip sync issue is not gonna be an issue in YouTube. If so, then I'll have to do the whole screen flow export, you know, re-encode the video using screen flow again this week, and I'll do some more testing on it sometime within the next seven days, hopefully. Anyway, with all of that being said, Gideon Shawick said last week on my YouTube video, he says, Cliff, I recommend that you use YouTube Live instead of Ustream. Then it will record straight into YouTube, so no more need to record Ustream and then upload to YouTube. And so, you know, I've been thinking about that since last week, and here are a couple thoughts. Number one, YouTube Live does seem like a great option for me to consider, and I am considering it. Uh, part of me is wanting to use Ustream because of my longstanding relationship with them. Um, I've, you know, and, and uh, until my relationship is changed in that I start getting tons of advertising on my live stream, um, then then I, I'm going to continue to use them and, and promote what I've experienced over the years. I've been with Brad ever since, uh, Brad's one of the co-founders of the company. I've been with him since he first launched the company and, and I have a really good relationship with them. And so um, I, I don't want to leave because of that. And then also, I just accidentally purchased the Ustream Producer Studio version of their software, which is $199, made by Telestream, by the way. And, uh, you know, and it, I, I'm kind of glad that I made that accidental purchase because it did start to get me serious about broadcasting in HD and looking better. And, and I'm getting about 490 right around 500 uh, views per episode of this on Ustream. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, on YouTube, on my YouTube channel. And I'm getting some good feedback from people that don't normally listen to the audio. Still, that's not the thousands that listen to the audio every week, but still, it's kind of nice to be on there. I will tell you, though, I am I am actually now wishing that I would have purchased the whole Wirecast from Telestream instead of the, just the Ustream Producer Studio. Um, anyway... Uh, Wirecast Studio is $495. That's their least expensive version of their of their software. Looks to me like you have to pay an extra $99 to be able to do HD video, which is crazy. But okay, so it's actually let's just say it's five. You know, it's not $500. It's $600. Or they have Wirecast Pro, which is $1,000. And you know, I don't know which one of those I need, but probably I'll need to go to one of those. I actually have a really good relationship with uh, 
with Telestream because of all the sales, uh, affiliate sales that I've done of ScreenFlow software. So uh, who knows? I may be able to contact some folks over there and and, and see what I can work out. Uh, but I, I do wish I would have bought Wirecast instead of this Ustream Pro version. Uh, I'll get all that worked out. And, and Gideon, thank you for making that recommendation. By the way, my friend Daniel told me, hey, yes, Cliff, you, I think you can use, or he says you can use Google Hangouts on air to go to YouTube Live, but I really don't want to do that, uh, to be honest with you. I'd rather just not, I, I don't like Google Plus. Uh, I'm just not a fan. Um, anyway, I also, um, although I may check that out, just in all fairness, I may look into that. Uh, also, I don't like the, I do like the ability to stream live and manually hit the record button locally to start the recording uh, when I want without stopping and restarting the stream with my live audience. So maybe, and by the way, maybe I'll be able to do that with YouTube Live. But right now I'm able to be broadcasting and I can just hit the record button when I want it to record and hit stop. And I don't have to actually, you know, stop the actual stream because after I'm done recording, sometimes I will uh, interact with my audience. And and so anyway, I do I do like the fact that, you know, there's this local recording. And by the way, I like the local recording um, of this. Now, I realize I could probably go to, into my video manager and download the MP4 file or the video file from YouTube. I'd have to look into that, uh, but I'm pretty sure I might be able to do that because I think I'm going to keep an archive of these video recordings as well eventually. So we'll see. Anyway, um, let's. What other thoughts that I did ha- that I had here? Oh, I'll certainly be contacting Telestream uh, to contact to discuss it further. And for right now, I'm happy with my relationship with Ustream. Um, it's because I made the accidental purchase of $200 for this Ustream Pro that did get me in here, or Ustream Studio uh, that I'm using right now. And it's what's got me started on this journey of actually starting to record these things and upload them to YouTube. And it's not the if this works today then I probably won't even look into uh, the the other method right away. Or maybe I will. But anyway, so that's what's going on there. And uh, here comes my, this is my landscaping company. So I'm going to pause and I'll be right back. All right, I'm back. And so uh, that was my landscaper there, you know, on our new home. They're finally coming to install our landscaping. And they're actually going to email me a, a plan of what our landscaping might look like to get it approved. But anyway, um, last thing that I have, and then I'm done. <laughs> I'm finished. Um, last thing I want to say is my podcasting A to Z course. My next podcasting A to Z course is coming up on Monday, September 1st. Now, the only place so far that I've that I've actually done any marketing for this course, uh, for this session of the course, is in this podcast. I have not yet sent emails to the folks who are on my warm follow-up list. These are the people who said, Cliff, I can't make it to June, but tell me when your next one is. The one in this fall, I'm definitely in. Those kind of people. I have about 30 people on that list, and I have not emailed any of those people yet. They will be emailed soon. Um, and then I haven't sent an email out to my overall mailing list yet uh, of people who, who I normally I get a, quite a few signups from. But even with that, I've already got eight students registered for the September course. And that's pretty exciting. And that tells me that this course is definitely going to sell out. But for those of you who are on the fence thinking about podcasting A to Z, let me tell you, you should sign up. If you are on the fence, you should sign up. So that means you've gone to podcasting A to Z.com. Again, podcasting A to Z.com. And you've watched the video at the top and you've read all of the stuff that's on the page. And, and hopefully you've scrolled all the way to the bottom and you've 
read all of the tutorials, all the all the pick, you know, all the little things that people have said about the course. And let me just say this: um, a lot of people have said after they've gotten into the course and after the course, it's like, man, I read all those things you said you were going to do, and I'm thinking, how can he deliver all of that in four weeks? And wow, you blew me away. Not only did you deliver it, but you way over delivered. And one of the things I will tell you that, and and I haven't said this in Podcast Answer Man before, I don't think, but you know, the technology part of podcasting, the tech stuff, the what microphones and the key, what how to put, plug in cables and all that stuff, that's not my greatest passion. It, in fact, it, you know, I, I'm great at it. I know a lot and I'm able to communicate it and share it and teach it to people in an amazing way. And I'm I'm incredibly thankful to God for that gifting um, I, I I don't know how it came, but it, it I am incredibly thankful for the gift that I have to teach people these complex things. But my true passion in life is to help people uh, take not just their podcast and get that recorded, but to really take their message, their business, and their life to a whole new level, to dream bigger dreams, to to really expand the mindset. It's not how to get a podcast online, but what you can do with that podcast. It's not just how to get more downloads, but what can you do to really have a positive influence in the lives of the people who listen to your podcast? It's not just how can I monetize my podcast, but how can you create a business that will serve you well, whether you have a podcast or not? Um, How can you actually create products and services? These are the kinds of things. And so one of the things that I will tell you is over the years, I've had this little bit of a dream in my heart. And that dream has been to... Um, to kind of get to the place where um, one day I would be recognized as a life and career coach. And, and, and you know, part of me thinks, you know, I've, I've gone to my mastermind groups, I've gone to my business advisors, uh, business advisors, advisors, and all of them kind of say the same thing. You don't want to kill the golden goose, Cliff. I mean, come on, don't, don't just up and leave this podcasting consulting thing. And, and I've never really thought about leaving the podcast consulting thing, but Man, one of the things that really is in my heart is to really be a life and career coach to people, to help people take where they are in their journey, in their mindset, and and just move them forward. And so one of the things that happened recently, and it was David Jackson interviewed me on his podcast, and he says, Cliff, do you ever see a day where down the road you you might actually, you know, just just go out and and you're known as a, a a life coach and and I and I responded to him and, and it was the first time I think I said it in a recording somewhere I've talked to the people about this but I said you know what David I am a life coach I am a life and business and career coach I am one and that was the first time I said it into a microphone and it's true because and and this is what I've realized I can actually do both and the reality is, is that trying to convince somebody to sign up for my four-week course so that I can help positively change your life or come sign up for my course so that I can help you take your mes- your message, your business, and your life to a whole new level. Come sign up for my four-week course so that I can help you, you know, expand the way that you think about what's possible online to, to really make your life better. You know, the... the for whatever reason, I have a hard time thinking of actually creating that kind of a marketing page. But what I do know is this. People come to me 
because they need to learn how to hook up the wires. They need to know what the settings are on the mixer. They need to know how to set up an RSS feed. They need to know answers to all these little questions. And that's what brings them into the door. And I'm happy to share those things with them. But what happens is during the course of a four-week period of time, I'm able to give them so much more. And the things that I find are so much more important uh, and, and, and go well beyond, well, how do you hook the thing up? Because guess what? You can hook the thing up. You can get it. But if you don't really have a clear plan of what you want to do with your podcast, it's probably not going to make it past that seventh episode. So anyway, I share all that to say that podcasting A to Z is probably a little bit more than what you actually see on the sales page of all the things that I tell you that you're going to get in the course. And now that I've shared that, you should check out the uh, testimonials. You should check out the testimonials on there. And you know what? I was going to play Anthony Tran's uh, two and a half or actually two minute and 56 second um, testimonial, the audio of it here. And all I will do is instead tell you I've talked too long. But go to Podcasting A to Z. A brand new testimonial has been placed on there. Look for the one from Anthony Tran, Marketing Access Pass. He, I just added it, and, and it's great, the things that he had to say about the course. But uh, if you're ever wondering how on earth, I've had so many people, and I'm going to click real quickly here. How on earth is it that I've had so many people sign up for this course, and not once since March of 2011... Have I ever had a single person ask for a refund that they weren't happy? They didn't get what they wanted. And by the way, I've done the, I'm getting, I, you know, the September course will be my 18th session. I've had 390 students in this course, you know, at, at 390 students, not a single refund asked. And it's because I deliver way more than just teaching you how to podcast. So anyway, go over to podcasting a to z.com. And uh, know this, next week I'll be announcing uh, my first ever live one-day event. Hmm. But anyway, if you're looking to start a podcast, podcasting, A to Z.com. God bless. I'm out of here. See you next week. Podcast. It's a man.